Welcome to Life, L-I-F-E, Luxury in Full Effect. I'm David Frangioni. I'm here with Justin Lee. And this is the show where we interview the people operating at the top of the luxury market. From entertainment, real estate, celebrity industries, and everything in between. Together, we'll hear their life stories and how they got to where they are today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Luxury in Full Effect. This episode will wrap up our first season. Whew, man, that went by fast. So please make sure that you sign up to our mailing list. It's at davidfranjoni.com and you'll get future announcements and all kinds of great information. For our final episode of this first season, we have Kathy Kuo joining us. She's an extremely talented interior designer, born in Taiwan, raised in Boston, and now living and working out of New York City. Her designs have been featured in several lifestyle publications, including Architectural Digest, El Decor, and many more. We join her in conversation as she describes the early influences for her career. I was obsessed with Legos. You know, like in back of those days, it's like literally there was just blocks. Like they, like you couldn't like build a dinosaur. Like you, you just had like there's like four colored blocks. And that was it. And I remember my parents just like gave me like three or four sets of those, and I started building these like crazy like Escher esque stairways that led to nowhere. And then like these would ultimately just become buildings, and then buildings became cities. And I remember like taking a soccer ball. And wrapping it in aluminum foil and thinking to myself, oh, my God, I've like, created a world here. <laughs> and, you know, ever since then, I was like, I'm going to be an interior designer. I'm going to be an architect. And based on just, like, moving around all the time when I was young, going from apartments to homes and back to apartments, you know, wherever my dad had moved us, you know, it was really, really important for me to be able to find home in every space that I lived in. And I think ultimately that sort of led me to go to the Rhode Island School of Design and pursue a degree, actually not an interior design, mainly because it wasn't accredited at the time. It may or may not still be accredited, but I loved furniture and I always wanted to create spaces that had incredible furniture inside. And so I pursued a degree in industrial design and ultimately that's how I ended up sort of in, in Rhode Island. But to your point, I also, one of our brief stints with my dad is we actually lived right outside Boston in a town called Brookline. And that's also where I went to high school. So where'd you go out of, did you? Oh, did you, oh you I know Brookline. Brookline's great. <laughs> I grew up in Arlington, but uh, I oh, know Brookline thanks. inside and out. It's a beautiful city and it's a great place to grow up. I mean, it's it's one of the best uh, sections of Boston to really, the, the architecture there and the whole style really embodies that classic conservative hundreds of year old Bostonian vibe. When you, you think of you Boston. Remember. Yeah. Oh, oh, I remember well. I mean, I still go back there. My family's still there. So you're going, you kind of settle in Brookline, go to high school there, go to Rhode yeah. Island School of Design for industrial design. And what, what happens there? Any light bulbs go off to kind of, you kind of see a, a forecasting of, of where you're going with this and how this is going to start taking shape? Yeah. So um, to be completely frank with you, I was not the best student at RISD. My parents will probably not be happy with me saying this, but um, I was like modeling full time during the time. So I was actually going back and forth between Boston and Providence. You know, during that time, I think um, 
one of the things that I obviously fell in love with was obviously the Boston architecture. Like you were saying before, you know, the gorgeous Victorian homes, you know, the tree-lined streets, the townhouses on Beacon and Commonwealth and those types of things. And, you know, I thought to myself, like, gosh, I really, really want to get into interior design. When I, my senior thesis actually at RISD was in ceramics. And so that sort of allowed me to like just, you know, really sort of understand three-dimensional product. And that really also, that was the furniture and interior design sort of love just ultimately led me to pursuing my first job. Actually, backtrack really quickly. My first job out of school was I went to Europe and modeled for about six months and really kind of realized like, wow, I am not, this is not a good model. I like food way too much. And not only that, but like it just wasn't the most fulfilling career. Yeah. But wait, you're you're saying modeling, meaning that you're going to you're going to college and you're modeling time. What what kind of modeling gigs are we talking about? What are you doing? So I'm modeling for Giorgio Armani. I'm modeling for like runway show, ribbon print, all that type of stuff. And then I left Risi to actually go to Europe and continue modeling. And And it's mostly print. This is print and runway. Yeah, no runway, really just print um, and a lot of just like very, very editorial type print. And then went to Germany and my big um, client there was Hugo Boss and we did, we I did showroom there and that was fantastic because that's when I was like, wait, this is actually how you make money as a model. <laughs> so um, Germany was great and wonderful. And, but then ultimately I was like, this is incredibly unfulfilling. And so I came back um, to the U.S., moved back in with my parents, which is amazing after being in Europe on my own for six months and uh, moved back in with my parents. And they're like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I guess I got to go get a job, like a design job. Right. So I ended up working for a, you're going to die when I tell you my first job. It was for a company that designed welding helmets. <laughs> oh my God. I know. This is, you got to start somewhere, right? So chic. So chic. Welding um, helmets. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you would not believe what I had to do. I had to actually, first of all, there's like literally only one shape for a welding helmet. It's not like you can get like fancy. It's literally like a face mask. That's all it is. Oh and God. I would design the stencils around the size. <laughs> so ridiculous. And so I remember like maybe like four weeks in, I got a call from my agent that was like, Hey, you know, there's this really cool show. It's called like knock on my door first. And we'd like, you know, audition for it, you know, so I audition and as an interior designer. So the show is basically, it aired in, on ABC family, I think in 2003, maybe yeah, 2003 um, ABC family. I was, really young. I was redesigning teenagers' bedrooms. I was basically a teenager redesigning other teenagers' bedrooms. Um, but it was amazing. It was an incredible experience. I was on air for about, I think it was a year and a half. It was syndicated in the Philippines. I ended up leaving my welding helmet job. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and so that's really how I got into interior design. I started doing it on TV. So, yeah, that's the oh story. Well, I mean, I was also doing it for other and things like that too, but like really cut my teeth on, on TV doing it. So when yeah. did you start your own firm then? Okay. So after TV, um, I'll just sort of like fast forward a little bit. Um, spent four years um, working for a luxury importer. And what I did for them was I would design furniture. I would go to Asia. I would tell the, you know, the factory workers um, how to actually produce the goods. And then I would basically come back, put in a showroom and sell it. And so for four years, I did this and learned everything that there is about manufacturing. And then 2008 rolled around. I don't no, know how no, old wait, you're. Wait, before we get yeah. to 08. So this takes your passion for interior design that you're, that's still brewing and forming and your, your 
degree and experience within that degree of industrial design and kind of all the different aspects. And it's starting to become fused because the, your degree and your experience there had to have a huge benefit to you, right, in, in, in this chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. I was a formally trained industrial designer, product designer, and I also had experience working with clients on television creating in spaces. So yes, those two kind of were really instrumental in paving the way to where I am today, which leads me to, you know, my four years as a, yeah, oh wait, um, I was laid off from this company. I learned pretty much everything that I know about furniture, manufacturing and shipping. Oh wait, I was laid off because of the recession. I don't know if you guys remember the um, dot com. Yeah, the Great oh, yeah. Recession. How could we ever forget it? <laughs> it clean. Right. It cleaned out virtually half of everybody doing everything in the world. Pretty much, yeah. And if you're in, I mean, you guys are in the um, the space of serving the luxury client too, so you clearly understand how badly we were all decimated that year. So unfortunately, I was laid off, and um, I was launching an online marketplace for my previous company, because he was asking, my boss at that time was asking me how we could figure out how to liquidate excess inventory. And I was like, you know what? I don't really know how to do this, but I'm going to go and figure this out. So I go and I basically read two books. There's a book that's on my desk that's called How to Start an Online Business. Like, you're going to die laughing. Actually, I have that book. (laughs) And then... Did it help? um, Yeah. Totally. (laughs) I'm Googling it now. Hold on. How to Start... An online business. Yeah, totally. It's like Rockstar for Dummies. Oh my God, I love it. It's literally, but I don't see a book called that. Who's it by? You know what? I have to actually pop over to my desk. I'll send you an email with me. So there's two books. There's one, How to Start an Online Business, and there's another one called Titanium eBay. Because back in those days, the only real e-com.com player was eBay selling um, consumer goods. Sure. So. I read those two books and presented the information to my boss. And I remember my boss gave me a big old hug and was like, Kathy, you're incredible. But today's the day in which I no longer can afford to keep you on. Oh, and I said, okay, wow. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. But I, you know, that sort of, I don't know, initiated the spark in me. And I was like, I got to do this on my own. So it's always good. Reinvention is always the best. I mean, it well, always you gets were, you to that other place. Yeah. Well, and, and you know being it. forced like, to reinvent. It's the best thing that happened to me, seriously, because I would not be where I am today. Amazing. How did you keep the focus, the desire, determination? It's easy to just say the financial aspect of the world as we know it came to a crashing halt and uh, and hit lows that, you know, without federal help would have put us back in bread lines. And I got <laughs> laid off from my, and I got laid off from my job because of it. And I had to, you know, literally start my online knowledge quest with a book. That's easy to say, but how did you get through it? Because getting through it would eat up and, and kind of get most people to just say the hell with this. Yeah. To be clear, I did have other corporate jobs that I took on. So I went and worked for a new, you know, a few of them. I'll name one here in because you guys all know it, it's Bed Bath & Beyond. So I was there um, heading up their hard bath as well as yeah, hard bath and tabletop division, those two. Um, and so okay. I so, you, found, so you had a job to, that you could, I you went out, like, found a job yeah. so you could make a living. But now within that, you don't want to stay there. You know your calling is bigger. I mean, just by what you've accomplished up till 2008 right now, when you're about to have this huge transformative segment of your career, 
I mean, you've already modeled with which most people who have any interest in that dream about having one gig, never mind four years. <laughs> years and you've worked right. in Europe with it and you're, you know, working for Hugo Boss and Giorgio Armani. And now you start to understand and actually become pretty, you know, versed, if not an expert in the manufacturing and the importing side of business, which Later on, we'll talk about your furniture business, which I think is fascinating, but it really stems from all of this, this groundwork that you... Yeah, you I know, guess so. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, I guess so. You guys are really, really good at this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I remember being at Bed Bath & Beyond and I was in the model shop and I was like making a 3D model on like my 250th bowl, which by the way is like very, very similar to a welding helmet. There's only so much you can do with a bowl. <laughs> oh my God. I know, I know. But it's a little slightly more delicate and nuanced, but you know, a very similar sort of vessel shape. You know, there's not a whole lot that I can do. And I remember like at this time, I had already started building, you know, the beginnings of this website. And um, people would call me and I would be like, why are you calling me? Like, why are you calling me on my cell phone? And they'd be like, I'd like to buy this ottoman and I'd like to give you my credit card. And I'd be like, what? No, 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 no don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> my site's not secure. And no, no, no. You, I, I have no idea what, what I'm doing. So don't do that. And so slowly and surely, like I started getting more and more calls. And I remember saying to myself, so I live in New York City. And um, I remember at that time, I said, if I made $60,000 a year to be able to pay for rent and all I need is to make $60,000 a year on my website and I'm going to quit my job. When that day came, I, you know, said, okay, I got to, I, I got to go do. So, Unbelievable. And can, I mean, that is, that's, and, and so that's what brought you to building kathyquo.com, which by the way, yeah. I just have a little side note right now. I'm literally obsessed with every single piece ah. of paper on I there. I'm in the middle of a remodel right now, David. I know you are too, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have a little side conversation after the show because oh, I'm not joking. Every single piece on there is so beautiful. And your rooms wow. and things that you've done. I love hearing, you know, how you got to where you are now, because obviously I always say cream rises to the top. You're obviously very talented. Your designs and your rooms and your... It are absolutely so on point and gorgeous. And I feel really timeless. And I feel that yeah. it's really, really, you've got such a timeless, I love the lines of all the furniture. I love down to the legs and the knobs of, I mean, everybody has to really go to see the stuff on kathyquahome.com because it really, I, I mean, I've, I've scrolled through it before and I'm scrolling through it now again. And it's just like every piece is better than the Well, rest. no, the awesome thing is I want everybody to go to kathyquahome.com, K-A-T-H-Y, kuohome.com and I want them to look at what Justin and I are seeing what's fascinating to me is now understanding the backstory right because <laughs> this is how you how that this came to be right because designs come from not only the creative uh, ideas that that someone has and the talents they have within uh, but their ability to actually manifest them. And, you know, we're only at 2008, 2009 right now, but it's becoming pretty clear, um, you know, how it was, how you were able to, you know, kind of see the big picture. Yeah. I think that's part of it is like knowing at the very, very end. And I always say this to like people who ask me if they want to be an entrepreneur, like, you know, money has never been the goal. 
mm-hmm. it's always been like, you know, the process in which to provide and an really incredible curated destination mm-hmm. in which we offer lots of lookbooks and styling help. And in 2017, we actually launched design services well so like how can we our ultimately goal really is like how can we get everyone on this world to love where they live that's our goal and whatever we do internally here it all has to ladder back up to that goal so we're a design first organization which is very different than a lot of our retail partners out there that are retail first i mean obviously we are retailers but you know everything that we do really comes back to the core notion of are we delivering the best design experience? Are we delivering the best experience that helps the customer understand how to utilize this product and how it relates to other products? So if I buy the sofa, like how it looks next to the, the coffee table or the side tables or, you know, things like this. And so, you know, we're the only retailer out there right now that actually offers completely full complementary interior design services because we fully realize that if you need home furnishings and you have the assistance of a shopper or a personal shopper with you it's just a much better experience most people come in and like they're like in crisis mode they're like i don't even know like i've messed this up so bad like i don't know where i'm going to put this stuff i have no time to go shopping on the weekends and like fight with my significant other on what the right size sofa is like who needs that and if you live in your city you have like no option wait hold on pause for a second because this is amazing you and and you your energy and you're, you're talking so fast. If I if I didn't know shorthand, we'd be screwed right now. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, so yes, everybody, go back and listen to this a couple of times and put it at half speed. There's a lot here. What? Oh gosh, I've, I've got to slow down and not be in your speed. Okay, no, no, it's down. awesome. I'm I'm no, with we you. Love it. We love it. Is right, and I, <laughs> we work at the same pace. Tell us the culture credo again. You said it at the very beginning and it was so awesome. Like, Say it one more time for everybody, please. Of course. Why do you so guys exist? What's your goal, mission? Our mission, and it's all over our showroom. It's on everything we do. Our goal is to get everyone on this world to love where they live. And so everything we do here, I love all it. of our product curation, customer service, design services, all ladders back up to that core notion. And that's the reason for our existence. We don't care about anything else, you know, anything else that happens along the way and any sort of output that relates to monetary output. Fantastic. But it's not really the core reasons for why we exist. Well, it's because Um, you're focused on the core and because you're so focused on it, you deliver the goods, the money comes because there's a huge audience of people out there that need to love where they live and are at points in their lives where they're ready to make that change to their environment for whatever reason, renovation, new house, divorce, kids, whatever. There's a million things happening. There's millions of people in that moment. And so by focusing on making sure that people love what they live as a result of working with you, the rest of it comes, you know, because your priority is in the right place. And I think that what you're doing is, I mean, it's kind of the way that the world is going now, but I think that your mission, your original mission statement for what you want, you know, your customer to have, it's very clever because it's the way that you can organize everything. You've got this beautiful furniture and you're right. Half of the people don't know what to do with it. So providing the service alongside where you will help them place it into their homes. I mean, and it is, and, and the feeling that you get, because we've had a lot of, um, you know, we have interviews as well with architects and it's the same thing. It's like your job, the interior decorator, creating the furniture, the architects is so important because the home, someone's home is where you are and to walk into your home and be so excited to be in your environment. Yeah. We've now figured out that that's an important thing. 
And it's really, I mean, don't you see as well for being in the business, we've talked about this. It's like people's taste and style have over the past 10 years, I think, has literally made such a turn because people weren't as into it before. Now it's like... It's common practice that somebody has, you know, a beautiful setup, a beautiful living room, beautiful furniture, beautiful homes, you know, great architecture, things that make sense. And we need, we need the professionals like you. And also because like you said, you know, this, what you do is a high end thing, being an interior decorator, not everybody has that, but to be able to provide that service along with this beautiful furniture is just, it's, it's home run. Total so, yeah. so let's get back to the, the behind the scenes stuff. So you found you, you know, you basically were in the process of transitioning to your own thing. And this is 08, 09 ish. And then you start your own design firm and you basically founded Kathy Quo home in 2012. How does all this come together? Cause that's really the current chapter that you're growing within from, from what I understand about your life and career. So how does that start and, and start to really take shape? I try to break this down the best way I can. It's almost sort of like when you look at your teenager and you're trying to like figure out, like, what were you like when you were four? You're like, I don't actually remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, oh, boy, do we know that feeling. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it all was actually incredibly organic. I'll give you a few highlights. We started growing pretty rapidly, very fast, pretty Wait, those are the two same words. We started growing pretty rapidly very early on. I think it's fairly simple to go from like nothing to like a million and a million to two and two to four and so on. Yes. Um, it gets exponentially harder as you, you know, get into the eight figure range, which is where we are now. A few couple highlights to ensure that you guys know, you know, I was a solopreneur for many years and then I hired my first assistant and then I hired my second, who was actually my first product person. And I kept the same product person for probably three years. And so she actually like kind of saw a huge growth curve with us. And so we started out in my old apartment and then my, and then I bought an apartment um, that had a duplex and God knows how my super at that time allowed me to like run a full flesh business. By the way, I live in New York city. So there's like all sorts of like codes and issues with working out of a residential apartment, but it's an incredible relationship with my super. And um, he allowed me to do this. And so at one point we had like, I don't know, 20 some people in my basement. And then I remember looking at my Amazon bill and being like, how is it that all we ever do is buy toilet paper? Like literally that's all we ever buy. We had a lot of girls. And so 2017, we moved into this glorious showroom that we're in right now. And where is the showroom? It's on 118th and Adam Clayton Powell, which is basically Upper Manhattan. It's like eight blocks north of Central Park West. So it's a one. If you live in New York, you basically say 118th and Seventh. If you're not from New York, you say 118th and Adam Clayton Powell. So anyway, so we're on Eighth Avenue and 118th, and uh, yeah, so we're in this beautiful showroom called Design Bar. And so half of our we've got a showroom on one side, and our offices are on the other side. And so. Yeah, today we've got about 40-some employees globally. Um, we've got a really robust tech team. I think a few more sort of inflection points. I think um, we went through a whole time period where we were considering going for venture capital funding, and we sort of pivoted our business in a very, very different direction. And ultimately, like, grew really, really fast. It got really, really bloated. 
And then now we're trimming back down and we're, you know, back down to the size where we should be, which is around 40. You know, there's been a lot of growing pains along the way and a lot of learnings along the way. And, mm-hmm. um, but all of it has been powered by just an incredible team of, you know, wonderful men and women that we have here that ultimately come to their work every day and, and follow the same ethos of we want everybody to love where they live. I mean, they genuinely deeply believe in that. Wow. And they're incredibly creative humans. I have a question, Kathy, about that. How, but how do they help you design the room with the furniture? Like, what does the process look like when you go through that? Got it. So um, to be clear, our 40 employees are not all designers. So we have about a third of them are designers. How they go about it, there is a pretty standard, I'll call it, um, procedure that they go through. So there's a kickoff call where we get to know each other. It's kind of like speed dating. You know, you tell me a little bit about you. We tell you a little bit about us. We want to make sure that there's a mutual fit um, in terms of like, if you don't want to do this online, like if you want somebody to show up in your home and handhold you through the process and you happen to live in Los Angeles, like we unfortunately can't help you. So we just want to make sure like structurally it's the right fit for interior design with us. So once we get through that, we sort of understand whether or not you have the right size budget um, as well as the right sort of desire. Like, so if you came to us and you said you needed plumbing help, we would probably say we can't help you with that. Um, But if you said you needed like help with picking out home furnishings for your master bedroom or your guest room, then that would be a good fit. Do you know what I mean? Perfect. And then, so the person calls you and they say, how do you, how do you know what their room looks like? Do you do pictures, the dimensions? Yeah. Yeah. So they send, um, so they send pictures, but truthfully, most people, like the majority of our customers actually come in and when they are ready to work on interior design or home furnishing, they literally are either buying or selling. And um, a lot of times they'll just link us to their Zillow or Redfin URL and we can actually see photos and there's usually a floor plan attached to Zillow. So we can just like straight rip all that information. It's pretty, pretty basic. Yeah. And then from there off, we have a, what we call a 28 day success plan. It sounds almost like a diet, but (laughs) um, we basically, yeah, we finish, we do our first iteration within 10 days or second iteration within a few days thereafter. And by day 28, you're basically purchasing. So that's kind of the design process. Yeah. And you're not charging anyone for that service. You're, you're, they're just buying the furniture. As of today, um, it's a $250 deposit that goes towards your furniture and, and it doesn't expire. So if you don't like go move forward with it. You still get that $250 credit. Um, wow. So yes, it's basically free. And by the way, I will ca- caveat it with, with saying that it's free for now. We may consider charging later on. So depending on when you hear this, yeah, I would sign up immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm so telling free. you because listen, you, you and I both know what you can pay, you know, for, for, you know, interior decorators. So, I mean, everybody needs to jump on this because not only is your furniture, like just every piece is gorgeous, but to have someone help you place it is, is unbelievable. So are you still doing any private clients? I do. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I personally have a few private clients. I have one in San Francisco and one in uh, Laguna beach, even though I'm in New York, don't ask me how that's working out, but it is. So it's good. It works. (laughs) And and how did, how did it come up that you were a national judge on the FYI network? How did that come about? Because you obviously had a lot of experience with modeling and TV, so it's a natural fit, but what happened there? So I have an agent and my agent sort of sends me out on things that I am interested in. The funny thing about that was, so A&E actually owned FYI at this time. And so FYI was part of A&E Networks. I had auditioned for, and they don't usually tell you the show. They just give you like a 
they just ask you questions. Actually, not dissimilar to this. They ask you a bunch of questions. The only difference is that I talk to a black screen because they technically can see me, but they turn their video off. So I have to talk to a black screen, which as you know, is totally weird. Yes. (laughs) So they interview you and they kind of just want to see like your on-screen presence, like how you respond to like really generic, awful questions. Like, do you like color? You know, like, how do you even answer that? They just want to see like, you know, if you're able to like tell a good story and things like that. And so... You know, I went through the interview, did it a few more times. And then after the callback, they said, we have selected you for Tiny House Nation. And I go, oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Wait, so so you guys don't know me. Like, you haven't seen me in person, but I'm basically six feet tall. I'm not basically six feet tall. I am six feet tall. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be like that person. Like, remember that episode of Seinfeld where, like, he has that girlfriend, like, so tall, like, her head literally is never in the screen. Like, you just hear from her neck down. Like, literally, you just hear her from her neck down the entire episode. And I'm like, I'm going to be that girl. I'm going to be that girl on Tiny House Nation. I told my agent, I was like, I don't know. I don't know probably is not a great fit um and i like luxury too much so i was like i can't really talk about like how to like use like a two by two state i wouldn't be a good fit for that (laughs) and so they then pitched me for rojas showdown as a national judge and so that's how that happened wow how how long did Um, it run it was the fall season i think you know it's probably syndicated somewhere but it was like two years ago so I spent about five weeks in Cincinnati and had my fair share of moonshine and bourbon it was fun it was a good good time Oh, that that sounds awesome. great. What was the biggest thing you <laughs> learned from it? What did you take away from it and learn from doing that? Let's see. I think with all of TV, I think it's really interesting, like the aspect of doing design on TV. I think like very different than like cooking shows or other reality shows. It's like there's a very specific timeline in which we need to have things done by. And so with a cooking show, it's like, you know, it's like the worst probably have to like roast a turkey for four hours or bake a souffle for 45 minutes but like legitimately waiting for paint to dry takes a day and a half like you can't speed that process up and it's a lot of like go 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 it's like yeah i mean it it sharpens your it sharpens your reflexes i'm sure yeah and it's also just like you know you have to build things and like do things at like an alarming speed to be able to meet production timeline and i think it's just a lot of coordination it's like while this is happening we also have to film these 40 other things because there's such a long lead time for this to actually complete i like, to stay fresh yeah and it's like oh my gosh okay so we've got two weeks before like you know all the dishwashers and all that stuff is going to show up so what do we do for two weeks and lo and behold of course production has already figured out how to like cram in nine more episodes for the two weeks stuff like that so yeah. It's just kind of like a really interesting process to um, to work on a home renovation show that's based that's reality and contest based, right? Where like there has to be like a very very dramatic before and after because that's ultimately the you know what every client lives for. Even our, our clients, they live for that wow effect at the very end. So we have yeah. to deliver on that promise. But yeah. it was so so fun. It was so fun. It was like one of the best times of my life. Do you do you that. love being an entrepreneur, an interior designer? A, a model, uh, you know, a television personality. What, what do you love the most or, or what combination is, is you, is Kathy Quill? Yeah. So I think that entrepreneur is kind of like an umbrella term for everything else that you've just said, because it's really, um, you know, I have a brand. I 
you know, my brand is an interior designer. My brand is, you know, an, an on-screen talent. My brand is an interior designer. And today, my day-to-day really consists of running my brand. And so, um, whether that's talking to incredible folks like you guys, or whether it's, you know, being out in San Francisco and doing design work, or being on TV, or really just running the day-to-day ops. I mean, I don't do a ton of the day-to-day ops, but like all of that stuff really is, I do all of the above, if you will. You know, I... I Ultimately, I guess I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I guess that's what it comes And you love to, it. Right? Yeah. I could not live my life any other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. No, we, we do too. Justin and I are... are and you guys are entrepreneurs too. Well, we've been called serial entrepreneurs, right? And so... I love it. It's like no matter what... As long as you call me a serial killer, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. That's a different show. Um, it basically just means we can't listen to other people's directions. That's kind of what it means. Well, that, exactly. that's part of it for sure. You're right. And, and I think the other thing is that no matter what we do and no matter where the journey evolves to, it always is anchored by that entrepreneurial just blood flow. Is how you know, like it never even occurs to any of us. Let's go out and and work for somebody, or let's you know, let's change, let's take the responsibility away from being on call yeah. days a week. Yeah, letting someone else deal with it. It's yeah. just not in our DNA. <laughs> And, and people, yeah, and prior to you gotta realize that. Here, my mom would just, my mom would probably just call it unemployed. You know. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, like, I'm not unemployed. I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. What are you talking about? But yeah, I think it's our ability to basically see the path forward and be like, there is a next. Like, we can figure out how to problem solve through this and and you know get to the next step without actually having somebody to tell us so. And even if somebody were to tell us, they would probably question it anyway. I think definitely exactly. the, um, we have that same um, same sort of outlook on life, you know, between us. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it, and well, I think that everything huge. Yeah. And I think that everything, and I think with all of us, the common denominator as well is like really all the different, one thing leads you to another. I mean, you couldn't be where you are now if you didn't, essentially, if you look at it, it started off with the the helmets, you know, whatever it was. (laughs) No, it's like that, that each thing kind of leads you to the other. And it was, you know, interesting you say from the helmets to the bed, bath and beyond. And, and that kind of puts you in that world. And I think that we all and I think that's what the entrepreneurial spirit does for you is that, you know, you're in a situation, you're like, Hey, I can do this and I can, you know, I can spin, I can do a spin off of this into something else. And, yeah, you know, that's the, your situation, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think so. I think it's great and it's fun and it's exciting. And I think that we, you know, I think with having that spirit, you always have to kind of keep it fresh and I'm trust me. And I'm sure you are going to evolve into more things from where you are now. Oh, thank you. I hope so. I just want to be able to continue to do what I love and use my passion to help as many people as possible. You know, that's, that's it. And at the, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a lot of things that I want and need out of life. So it sounds to me like the goals will continue to evolve in building your home furniture line. Your and, yeah. and that side of your business. That's really, you know, that's where your heart lies right now. That's the the next step is to grow the steps you've taken until now. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love, we'd love to be, you know, currently we're national. We'd love to be global. Before we even go global, we'd like to be even more important nationally. There's a lot of stones left unturned so far in the U.S. market. 
And, you know, we'd like to be synonymous with the Wayfarers and the Serena Lilies and the, the, the yeah. large retailers of the world. Though, we again, we always want to just be synonymous with luxury. And, and I don't actually even love the word luxury, but, you know, definitely high touch, high service and um, high design is, is really what we want to be synonymous with. Well, it sounds like internationally, you, I mean, you've been, you've spent significant time in Europe and you, you know, born in, and spent the first four years of your life in Asia. Um, yeah. So internationally, you know, you've already. Um, we're in, going in a, there. We're going. Well, an <laughs> we're interesting going there. <laughs> turn of events, right? That some of which you, you didn't have any control over. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're already, you know, you already have roots in some of these other countries and continents. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm it's. Excited. You know, You'll have, it, it, it is exciting, and, you, and you'll be able to transition what you're doing in the States to those other places. And I think your manufacturing experience where you were going from Asia to the States, et cetera, is going to be huge. Yeah, I hope so. We definitely have really, really wonderful key partners that we're working on locking up, um, especially in Asia right now. So there's fun times ahead. But again, we have a lot of work to do our, you know, here domestically and lots of opportunities and lots of homes, you know, here to continue to convert and, you know, create better design scores. So I'm so, so thrilled with where we're going to, what our opportunities are. There's just a tremendous market opportunity for us. And we're, we're barely touching any percentage of that. We'd like to, you know, continue to grow that. No, well, you sure. got to love where you live. Yay! Okay. Mo has anything to say about it. There's going to be a lot of people loving where they live. So, Kathy, thank you so much for being with us today. It's it's uh, no wonder that in 2018 you were thank recognized you, by the New York City media as one of the year's top female entrepreneurs. Aww. Now that we've gotten to know you better, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty much a no-brainer as to how that happened. Your your work ethic, your diverse experience that you fused into this incredible furniture line and and design world for all to enjoy luxury is just uh not only unique but um just absolutely fantastic and thank you for spending the time with us today thank, thank you, you so much. much you guys have been so lovely thank you again thank you well, thank, thank you. you i'm david Frangioni. <laughs> this and i am justin, justin lee. lee are you sure <laughs> I, I think so today. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just making sure she's yeah. Kathy Quo. You can learn more about Kathy at kathyquohome.com. Quo, K-U-O. And you've been tuning in to Life, L-I-F-E, Luxury in Full Effect. We really hope that you've enjoyed the journey with us so far as we have. We'll be taking a break. So this wraps up our first season exploring the luxury market world and all things related. But please make sure that you tune in for further announcements and more content by signing up to our mailing list, which you can find at davidfrangioni.com. Thank you and stay safe.